Welcome to Happy Hour, a work, culture, and lifestyle show. We're your hosts. I'm Brittany Bowering. And I'm Penny Blackmore. Welcome. <laughs> oh, whoops. I was supposed to keep talking and well, say, write, I, review, and subscribe. I can't remember how we do it. Is it the person who says it, says it? Or is it the person who... Listen, nobody cares, but also we're befuddled because we just recorded a video. Befuddled is like, an excellent word. I know, it's so cute. It yeah. reminds me of Professor Slughorn from Harry Potter. <laughs> but anyway, um, we recorded this video and we'd already recorded it once last week, but then, of course, technology got in the way. This is was one of the most... This actually really... It was a Monday that I found out that this happened and it really ruined a good portion of that day for me because basically what happened was from one day to the next, the SD card that we had recorded this video on was like, it was totally readable. Everything was fine. And then the next day, it, it just like putting it back into the computer. It was like, yeah. unreadable. Went on strike. It was, yeah, he was like, I'm done. Yeah. So in oh. the answer to the question that you never asked, I am fine, but guys, Mercury is in retrograde. I've got a website I'm going to share with you all. It's just called www.ismercuryinretrograde.com. But you know what's really great? <laughs> First of all, we're sitting here with like yes. We're sitting here with two Aperol spritzes in glasses that have lids. So what could go wrong? Literally nothing. Childproof. <laughs> Childproof. <laughs> and secondly, we're going on a holiday this weekend. Woohoo! We're going on a long weekend getaway. So even if Mercury's messing with us, which I just so everybody knows, Penny believes in this stuff. I don't believe in this stuff at all. I don't but, know if I do either, but it feels very real right now. But you're so the kind of person that would believe in this stuff. Like, you're, right. you're absolutely You are that so person. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know everybody's sign and what it means <laughs> and, like, the whole shebang. Yeah, it's true. I, I don't even know my boyfriend's sign. I'm older. I always forget. Oh, he's, um... <gasps> yeah, like, he's a, early he's October. A sag. Yeah, Sagittarius. I, I don't know what that means. Oh, wait, no, maybe he's a Virgo. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Sorry, guys. <laughs> We digress. But do you see what I mean? Like, I, I, yeah. Anyway, so yes, maybe Mercury is in retrograde, whatever the heck that means. Um, but good things are about to happen in a couple of days. Things can only get better. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, and how are you, Britt? Gosh, yeah, I'm getting better because we're we're kind of halfway through the week at this point when we're recording. So I have that sort of like, well, it's hump day today. You know, so I have that hump day feel where you're like, it's all good, you know. <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, and the first half of Wednesday were long and a little bit annoying. Yeah. But we're almost there. We're just sliding downhill now. Exactly. Because we're taking Friday off, right? Yeah, so Thursday is like Friday. So basically today is Thursday. hump day. It's like second camel hump. I love it. Yeah, no, so I'm doing really well. Good. Um, yeah, bit of a busy week because, of course, when you're a freelance and you take time off. That just means more work in the beginning. Which is really annoying, actually. It might, it might be the same for full-time employees as well. It's absolutely the same. <laughs> I don't know you why don't I said that. We want to single ourselves out as the sole holiday taker. Well, I feel like there's less of an understanding like when you're when you're working as a freelancer or just for yourself maybe you run a business of some kind there's less of an understanding when you're taking a day off that it actually means less work will get done do you know what i mean yes 100% like you have to actually plan to take the time off so you have to be like okay i'm going to take on a little bit less this week mm. but usually we also don't do that. like when you charge a day rate i know this is like so obvious but taking a day off literally costs you like yeah hundreds of euros yeah Sometimes thousands, hey. depending on who you are. <laughs> right? <laughs> Not me, don't worry. <laughs> or who you're working with, mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah, but anyways, otherwise, I'm just doing, like, 
I'm having a rip roar and good time. I'm so happy for you. Thanks. Let's get let's get along with well, it. Let's get along, <laughs> shall we? Work. La di da. <laughs> Who needs it? Um. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Work, work, work. Okay. Who wants to go first? You want to go first? Sure. I've been thinking lately, um, I've been having to remind myself of this classic uh, rule in life and in work, mm-hmm. let's say, mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, it's all about, like, I feel like sometimes you have to just be like, my whole work life, my whole career, it's all a big experiment. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, that's nice. Everything we're doing. You're all about the good reframes lately, aren't I'm you? trying. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm reframing it all. But I just, you know, I have a couple of things like, you know, I have my content lab. To me, I've, I see this as an experiment. So every time I'm learning something, like actually recently I was thinking, you know, it might be interesting for me to do my content lab a little bit differently and do it in like a cohort situation mm-hmm. where I get a group of people, you know, I get them all on board, and then we go through a process together all in one go instead of having people come in and out of the program. Oh, God, totally, yeah. Yeah, I mean— I think for what I'm teaching, which is like, you know, branding and content, it makes sense because there is sort of like a buildable, you know, you start here and then you build up to that and then you feel more confident and you feel ready to go for it, whatever. Mm. So anyway, so, you know, so I was talking this morning with some people on a coaching call and I was mentioning this and they were like, yeah, that's interesting, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's just, it's cool to have that perspective because, uh, you know, before I had that, before I thought of it as like, well, this is an experiment. We're trying things out. We're seeing what works, what doesn't. I would always be so nervous to admit that, you know, I had done something wrong or mm. you see it differently. You see it as like, obviously, like you see it as a failure or you see it as something where like, oh, I really screwed that up. I should have done it in a cohort. Oh, mm. God, you know, mm. you can't possibly know that before you try. No. And that's the thing about being a pioneer. Like if you're, I think. Which actually, I am. You are, <laughs> yes. Because the thing is, if you're the first of your friends to have a baby or you're the first of your friends to move overseas, or you're the first of your friends to start a business or start a content lab or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you're out there all on your own. Yeah. Like, And that's that means that all your friends kind of get to benefit from your learnings afterwards and you get to make the mistakes and they get to learn from it. So that's good for them, but it's also like a hard position for you to be in. It really is. But yeah. you just got to let it just be like, well, I fucking did it first, bitch. <laughs> so I... <laughs> So what, what, what of it? Um, I think it's just like a cool way to, um, like you said, reframe. So instead of focusing on like, oh, that didn't work. What a nightmare. Focus on, hey, we learned something. We moved on. Totally. Um, And that was really funny on Monday when, you know, I found out that this video footage was all corrupt and wasn't going to be able to get it off. And I was like like, the Brazilian government. (laughs) I was like, oh, no, I'm going to have to tell Penny that she has to come and we have to record again. (laughs) And then, you know, also I was like, also, I just don't have the time to record this week and neither do you. And it was just like, anyway, so, but then I, I did this thing where I was like, you know what? Hey, we got to like, we accept that this happened. Like, there's nothing you can do to change it now. Um, what what I learned is back up the footage immediately after it's finished recording, you know, which, of course, I'd learned that before, but mm. it just was out of practice. Yeah. But, you know, like, learn and also, like, just move on. Think about the solution instead of the problem. I totally agree with that philosophy. And I think it's like, this is actually a life thing. Mm-hmm. If it's you that's messed something up or you've missed your train or whatever or 
like you broke a favorite wine glass. <laughs> I don't know. Something bad's happened. The best way is to just be like, bugger, and then just move on. Move on. But don't do that to other people. Don't say right. that to other people. So like if, if someone's stomping around and they're like, God damn it, God. Like if your boyfriend or whatever is like, yeah. God, I forgot the bloody, then just let them rage. It's, That's a good point. Don't be like, honey, it's good to move on. Just move on. Because that is fucking annoying. Oh, I hate when people say that. No, like, yeah. get over it. Yeah, and when they oh. go straight to the, well, at least, you know, you still have a video camera and you're like, shut up. <laughs> Our friendship is over. You shut your mouth. <laughs> move out. Just kidding. Move out. <laughs> okay, Pack your things and get, get the out hell of out of here. here. What about you work-wise? What's going on with you? Well, <laughs> talk to me. I've actually started hiring people to help me with my work. Holla. I am really enjoying it. Enterprise it's, Penny. No, what is it called? Like a Penny Enterprise. The Penny Enterprise. The Penelaplex. Welcome to my empire, baby. <laughs> um, and I mean, like, I think everyone seems to have picked up from the podcast that I'm kind of like rolling with my career a little bit at the moment, finding out what what I'm vibing with and what I'm not vibing with. And I have no problem with that. Um, but what I am really enjoying is I realize like I've always thought I, I know this maybe sounds arrogant, but I have always thought I'd be a good manager mm -hmm. because I do genuinely care about people and I really like... I don't have that thing where I'm scared to tell someone some difficult feedback. Yeah. I don't, like, I'm quite straightforward, but I'm also, I would say, kind instead of nice. I'm not necessarily nice, but I'm, like, kind. Absolutely. I have my best interests at heart. Respectful. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, I'll give myself 12 compliments and then you'll just throw one word at the end. At the end. Um, and I've also, like, I, ca I kind of have always wanted to be a manager because I'm like, I you know, like I, I would take it seriously. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of managers who are like, I'm a boss now. That means that I have to get results for me and what your mental health is, no, and your performance and your career progression is of no interest to me whatsoever. Yeah. So anyway, I'm really enjoying like working with people and having like a few more people in my work life because being a freelancer can be very lonely. Absolutely. Um, and the way that I, in case you're interested in doing this for yourself, the way that I kind of went about this process of finding people to work for me is I've, uh, was, I've basically just been putting the word out that I'm, I'm looking for a certain type of person. And then <laughs> of all people, Brittany mentioned to me that there's this one person we, that we know that's recently gone freelance. So that was an obvious choice. But then the other person I'm kind of like really mentoring into the role. So they'll take a little bit more time to kind of gear up. Mm -hmm. Um and I'm really enjoying that, honestly, because it feels like I'm actually giving something back to the community instead of just take, take, take. The reason I'm actually doing this is to buy time because at the moment I've got lots of things, but the one thing I don't have is time to sort of reflect and also work on my personal projects. And, Big time. Yeah. So and think about where you want to go. Yeah. Right? Because when you're just buried in work all the time. There's no objectivity. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's great that you're doing that. Yeah, You're going to exactly. get some perspective. You're going to be like, here's, and you were just saying that you're kind of like, you know, figuring out your career right now, where you're going. This is like, this is the perfect first step to really getting a more exactly. solid outlook. Yeah. And I actually, the funny thing is like, if I gear it up and I end up employing like four people doing what I want them to do in terms of like helping me with work. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is actually a long-term plan in itself. Totally. Um, which I'm not against, frankly. <laughs> I think all my career, like my big sort of lofty career ambitions left me a few years ago. I was just like, oh, 
<laughs> right? I, don't, I just can't convince myself that I care enough. The thing that I don't... big fucking thing. Exactly. You know? I don't want to be, like, have my work run my life. Yeah. And it, and I just, I always see that with founders or people who are starting, like, agencies or mm. any kind of, it's just, it's it's too much pressure. I'm like, you know what? I'm cool being in charge of myself. I'm cool with building some things up and maybe, you know, hiring a couple of little, you know, helpful um, helpers. Helpers. Little guys. <laughs> little just guys. get a couple I of, mean, I didn't mean for it to sound so silly, but like, you yeah. know, h- hiring people out for some things that are important to me and that I need to help facilitate with. facilitate your growth. Yeah, but not like, I don't want to all of a sudden be the person who's just um, managing a bunch of different people yeah. for yeah. the sake of managing. I'm not I mean, interested. I think we've said this from the start. We're all about balance. Like yeah. we want to be able to take, and this is a thing, I'll finish that sentence. We want to be able to take a day off when we want to. Yeah. We want enough financial freedom to do what we want. And I actually think like this should be the goal to have like a nice chunky balance. Absolutely. Where you like, I'm, but also I do like, the freelancing is great because you do, you're in control of the work you do, of the clients you work with, of the conversations you have. Like, yeah. you don't have to worry about your boss whether he wants it one way or another because guess what? You're the boss now. Exactly. <laughs> and cheers to that. Yeah. Terrible cheers sound. <laughs> Sounds like we're knocking these... our heads together. Everyone's <laughs> <laughs> like, are you guys okay? Culture. Or culture, culture, if you speak Australian. If you speak it's like Cambodia, but culture. Culture. Everything sounds a little bit more fun in an Australian accent. Isn't that true? <gasps> do you guys want to hear about where the Australian accent is allegedly from? Yes. Like how we got it? Yes, I do. I learned about this the other day. So this is like one theory. They can't tell for sure. But basically when people move to Australia, they um, the settlers were building... Uh, civilization, basically. They were, well, sorry, that's maybe a politically incorrect word. But they're building, like, infrastructure for the mm-hmm. country. Mm-hmm. Um, and because these people were convicts often from Ireland, from England, from Scotland, they were just not very motivated to do a great job. So they were kind of drunk all the time. Okay. So A, they drunk very all Australian. the time. <laughs> and B, in Australia, if you ever watch a video of Australians in the outback, yeah. There are flies everywhere. Mm-hmm. So they talked with their mouths very much closed so that the flies wouldn't get into their mouths. That's funny. That's <laughs> I'm like, like that's the most Australian explanation for an accent. They were drunk and there were bugs. <laughs> it's literally perfect. And what a perfect segue into our culture section. Yeah. <laughs> Tell that story to somebody today. Yeah. You know? Spread it around. What have you got to share, Bert? Well, I'll tell you right now, Penny. Uh, I know we told everybody that we were going to talk about Corella this week. Well. Penny's going to talk about Corella because I unfortunately <laughs> didn't get the chance to watch it. But you know what I did get a chance to watch? We could watch it on the watch? weekend, on our girls' weekend. Oh, yeah. That might be fun. I'll download it. Okay. Legally. Illegally, exactly. So you know what I did watch, though? Mm-hmm. The Friends Reunion. <gasps> Finally. That's right. Give us some hot takes from okay. that. Or Here are my- some warm takes. Warm takes. Warm takes. Okay, great. So mostly I have to say that it was a little bit sad. <laughs> Depressing sad or cry sad? No, no, like kind of depressing sad mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. a lot, I actually mostly and like, and hey guys, like I'm a huge Friends fan. I also am a, like, I think they're all brilliant actors and that was a reason why it was such a good show. Yaddy. And by the way, I also don't think it's a, you know, a show that 
very aged well. well. It didn't age well. Yeah, let's just say that. But besides that, it's it's a great show. It's very funny. The writing in it is excellent for the most part. Um, but like, God, Matthew Perry, man. What happened to him? Did well, he get fat? Yeah, actually, most of the guys got <laughs> kind of chunky, which, you know, whatever, right? Like, Meanwhile, they're in their Jennifer 60s, Aniston they? is kicking butt. Do you yeah. know she, I looked up I know. It to see if she has the same net worth as Brad Pitt, and she does. She has more than him. Ooh, like that. Smoking hot. Yeah, not that it's all about that, but you know that. But sometimes like, it's in nice that to industry. win. Like, but yeah. also, if you got dumped for Angelina Jolie, oh. you would want to be financially winning at the very least. I think Because so life too. is one big competition. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think the sad thing for me, I mean, and and I'm, I also don't want to, I'm trying not to say the wrong thing here, but I'm just <laughs> going to go for it. So the one of the saddest things for me was definitely seeing how much work they'd all had done. Oh, yeah. Um, just because it just sort of, it just sort of really highlighted the, just how shallow, you know, we are as yeah. humans and we can't handle growing old. Yeah. And it's like, just, I don't know, let's just grow. I don't, I don't, I'm not shaming people who have work done or who do the whole thing. Totally. Not. I'm it, probably going to do it too at but some what's point. what's behind but, it is a fear of death and a fear of yeah. aging. And that's not, it's not healthy. Totally. And then there were a couple of moments where, so Matthew Perry plays Chandler on the show, right? And he's like the funny one, Right. Um, and there were a couple of things like he said, he said this one thing on the sh- on the reunion. He said that he was so scared because they shot in front of a live audience, which is another thing I want to talk about, how cool that is. They right. actually shot the show like a theater Oh, the play. show, sorry, not the reunion. No, okay, I mean that as well. Good. Oh, that was in front of a live audience. Yeah. During COVID times. Yeah, they, okay. it was all very, all right. yeah. Interesting. They were all sitting far apart and I think they, the audience might have had them. No, they didn't have masks on. But anyway, so, um, you know, the show originally was shot in front of a studio audience. And it's a comedy, right? So they would—what I loved about that is they would, like— Interact. They would interact with them, and they would, like— you know, they showed footage of it, and it it looked really fun. And also, they would—you know, they would try a joke— and the audience wouldn't laugh. And, and the writers like, would just be like, switch it up. like they would be like, okay, what can we say instead? And they would do it again yeah. until they got the laugh that they wanted to get in that moment. You Love know? that. How cool is that? So it's I mean, not just canned laughter. No. Oh. It's actual studio I people I really laughing. like that. That's yeah. fucking cool. There were some really cool moments as well that involved the studio audience. I'll get back to Matthew Perry after. But <laughs> the so the other thing that I thought was really cool, you hear a lot from um, the producers. So Marta Kaufman, something rather crane and someone else. Sorry. Um, but, you know. <laughs> I'm, like, whatever. trying to help the out. Three, and then I'm like, three you producers. just don't know. Yeah. Jerry Seinfeld? No, oh, no definitely not. <laughs> Larry David? No. No. Um, but they talk about how um, when they got Chandler— so Chandler and Monica end up sleeping together— in uh, London, right? This is like a big moment in the show where they sleep together kind of in a drunken situation where, you know, it feels like a one-night stand. And so they revealed that to the live studio audience that they'd slept together because it was like the first scene in the next episode kind of thing. So it was a surprise, right? They like wake up in bed together. And the audience went so mental when this happened. They were cheering for like minutes. Oh my God, cute. Yeah. And they and they had love that. Yeah. So the writers had always thought like, oh we'll we'll do this fun thing where Chandler and Monica sleep together in London. But then when they go back to New York, like it'll be a fun thing to play into, but like nothing further is gonna happen. But when the audience reacted like that, they were like interesting. Yeah. Like, we need to 
go further, go with, further this. with this. So then yeah. they realized this might turn into a bigger thing. Uh-huh. So that was like not part of the plan at all, but the audience reaction told them what wow. to do. So for me, this was so, so cool and something that I feel like we could really use more of in comedy these days yeah. is like the studio audience and like interacting with your audience and your you know, I mean, for me, this was so many, in so many ways, Philip and I were talking about how it's like, this is so cool. It was like a live experiment. Mm. You know, it was a live sort of like. It's you crowdsourced could, yeah. laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that was really cool. But then at one point, and I'm almost done talking about Friends, no, I no, promise. You can but talk about it. It's our freaking show. Exactly. <laughs> at one point, Chandler slash Matthew Perry says, yeah, I was always so nervous that I wasn't going to get the laugh. And he was like, I was so terrified that I wasn't going to make people laugh. And then Lisa Kudrow, who plays Phoebe, like turned to him and she was like, you never told us that. And there was this like moment where I was like, oh my God, no wonder he, you know what I mean? Has so many problems. Yeah, he had so much pressure. uh, Is Matthew Perry... Drugs and alcohol, I think. No, that's not what I was going to ask. Which character was he? Was he the derpy one? Like the silly man? Yeah. Silly guy. Matthew Perry? Yeah. Matthew Perry, Chandler. So Chandler's like, he's funny. He's always cracking jokes. He's got, he's, he has a like is literal he the comedy. Actor? Matthew in Perry the show? is the actor. No, I mean, like, one of them's an actor. Oh, in that's the show. Joey. Are oh, you serious? I thought serious you were talking right about now? Joey. I cannot believe that you don't know these things. I liked Chandler. He was the one I had a crush on. He was the dry one. Exactly. Of course, he had the insecurity. Okay, got it. Got it, got it, got it. I Um, really, I had a crush. Like, I never watched a show, but I was like, if I was going to shag any of these guys, it would definitely be Chandler. Chandler, yeah, clearly. Whereas the other guy was meant to be like the heartthrob. Yeah, exactly. Which I was like, no, he's too great. Like, no. But it was so cool listening to. So what I wish, because I did find, like, I, I know I'm talking about it like it was such a cool Thing to watch, but to be honest, I was a little disappointed with the reunion, yeah, that's which what I was expecting. Yeah. yeah, but I just wish that they had talked a little bit more about the creation, about the writing process, about the like that kind of stuff, because that's cool to me. And maybe I'm, you know, maybe other people are more interested in the actors, but like we've seen enough of them. Oh, I want to totally. know about the creators. You know, how were they super surprised when the show went crazy? What like what was? And we hear from them a little bit in it, but not enough, if you ask me. And actually, that's funny you say that because I think like getting behind the scenes in the writing process is so interesting and like the I've talked about these podcasts before in the show but it's called sentimental in the city mm-hmm. it's these two chicks talking about sex in the city and I convinced a friend of ours Helen hi Helen um <laughs> who hates sex in the city yeah I convinced her to listen to the podcast because I was like I think there's so much more to the show than just Sex in the, the City. Show. Yeah. It's about writing, it's about comedy, it's about characters, it's yeah. about romance, men, etc. And she's loving it. And I was like, the best part of this is where they like imagine themselves in the writer's room and they're like, what do you reckon it was here? Do you reckon they had this plot line mapped out from the start? And yeah. blah, blah, blah. Because they've both written for television and it's just so, I love the the craft of this stuff. It's yeah. really interesting. Me too. That's what I found so interesting. Like we watched like one scene a couple of times where they rewrote the joke. Yeah. Um, and the writers just came up with it on the fly and they were like huddled in a, it was so cool to see. They're yeah. huddled in a circle and they're like, what could he say here? And it's about Joey going up to eat from the buffet. And they're oh. trying to come up with a, like the best line that's going to get a laugh. And they're like, well, and some people throw some stuff out and it's like kind of lame. And then one guy says, um, what about, 
um, this is where I win my money back because they're in Vegas. Yeah. So Joey spent a bunch of money in Vegas. So then he's like, he finds out it's a buffet and he's like, this is where I win my money back. Oh, see, that's so he's, good. It's hilarious, yes. right? And it was like this moment where then the one writer was like, that's funny. Yeah. And then they tried it and it worked. And it was like, you really know what cool. I always wonder? So, you know, when you were like 23 years old, mm-hmm. if you'd looked at your current self, like if you could travel into the future and see your current self, like being good at your job, mm. you would have been like, oh my God, who yeah. is that? And so sometimes I wonder, like, for joke writing, for comedy writing, does it get to a point where you're like, yeah, of course, I've been doing this for years. It it ceases to be like, Hmm. it ceases to be like this wondrous, like, talent-driven thing and more of an experience thing. Yeah, it could be because there is, like, I think it's two different, there are naturally just, like, funny people, Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. sure, of course, we all know that. Yeah, like me and Britt, for example, That's right. But then there's also like the mechanics and like that's what I, yeah that's what I'm talking about exactly and when people have been writing for comedy like when I I mean I haven't written comedy in a really long time but when I was in that mode I just knew you have in mind like what what okay, what makes something funny okay I know that something surprising is funny or I know something whatever or something very on character is super funny right and yeah. like so you know these things that make something funny mm. and then it's definitely much easier yeah but I don't think it ceases to be. I think writing in general in any form is Oh, totally. Sorry, I didn't mean it's like no talent. I meant like what, after oh, no, like 15 years, you can actually just stand on the side of a stage and just come up with a joke on the fly. Right, yeah. I think Like that's it, amazing to yeah, me. Yeah. And it's amazing to us because we don't do it maybe. Yeah, bit. yeah, for sure. Oh, I was totally. Oh, that's amazed. really interesting. I would yeah. have loved them to go into more detail. I might have watched it. I know, right? <laughs> there was way too much of like James Corden being like, uh, so everybody. Oh, do shut up, James. Yeah. <laughs> I hate an overbearing host where it's like we're not here for you, buddy. I know. I mean, he made a couple of couple a couple of like funny gags, and I'm I'm not like against James Corden. I don't think neither am I. I don't even really know who he is. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) but he he did get them to reveal about the the which I talked about before about the Rachel and Ross uh, little crush. Apparently, Mm. anyway, you watch it if you want. I basically told you all the best parts. Okay, great. (laughs) Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Exactly. Okay, so I watched Cruella. Yeah, baby. I messaged Britt last night. I was like, "Have you got? Have you watched a show yet? Because or the TV, or the movie? Because uh, if you haven't, then I've got nothing to talk about for our culture section." And she's like, "Well, you could just talk about it yourself." And I'm like, "Well, okay. Well, all right." So, quick thing though, because this is a new movie, mm, so you know, Cruella, you're not going to give it away, right? Oh like, no, there's no spoilers. This is just my hot takes. Okay, good. And also, I mean, it's a story that everybody knows, so I guess there's not really is it. Oh, maybe not. But it's a, no, it's not. Oh. Yeah. Okay, well, then don't give it away because I really want to see it. Okay, fine. <laughs> so basically, do you guys know what 101 Dalmatians is? Bad I do. Cool. So do I. It's a Disney movie from the 90s. Yeah. Um, and the e- the villain is Cruella DeVille, which is such a great Cruella name. Cruella DeVille. Cruella And she has this little song. And the whole vibe of the first movie is that she skins puppies to make a jacket because it's softer. So she's like a really scary villain for a little baby child who loves dogs. She's actually terrifying in that movie. Yeah, which (sighs) is funny because I saw the, uh, obviously like I saw the promos for Cruella and I was like, 
you could not pay me to watch that movie. It looks so stupid. I didn't care about Cruella the first time, and I'm not going to care about it this time. I saw that it got 75% on Rotten Tomatoes, though, exactly. which I feel like is a decent rating. And tell you what. I don't I don't watch anything below 70 unless, like, I really that's, I love that it. you have that number standard. Yeah, I have a number. Yeah. Um, but a few weeks ago on the podcast, I said I wanted to see more movies with Emma Thompson in them mm. because I just think she's so fucking great. Mm-hmm. And I'm also, like, really following some older actresses and seeing what they're doing. Um, and then I saw she was in this movie, Cruella, and I was like, oh, I'm going to watch that. So it's Emma Stone playing Cruella and then Emma Thompson playing the villain in the movie. Um, and I really would not typically watch like a Disney or a Marvel movie. I think they're very... Meh. Ridiculous. I'm um, so over them. Oh, I know. And Marvel. The, the stupid jokes when they sort of almost look to camera and they're like, well, she didn't see that coming. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I did. I saw that coming from, from out the door and around the corner. Yeah. But anyway, um, I was actually really pleasantly surprised by this movie. Yeah. I enjoyed it for probably like 75% of the film or maybe more like 60. That's like fine. a pretty good amount of well, the movie. It's the majority. If yeah. you're enjoying the majority, then that's fine. But the cool thing is like it's basically like a it's a fun fashion film packaged up as a, you know, villain origin story. Right. So it's much more fun. Okay, that's great so news. So remember Joker? Did you see Joker? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's such a bummer. Oof, it's just hard to dragging watch. dragging yourself through. You're like, oh, cry sad. me a river. You had a sad life. I mean, it's really God. sad. Get a time. therapist. <laughs> Don't kill people. That's not an excuse. Everybody's got problems. I forget what happens to him. I hope it's something super bad. But it is something super bad, I think and now at I'm the being end, a real bitch. He gets away, doesn't he? That's the whole thing. They left it open. But no? then he becomes a joker, and he fucking kills people all the time with Batman. Well, exactly. Yeah, mm. that's anyway. right. Not with Batman. Well, I mean, Batman. against Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Batman tries trying to, to kill save them. Um, anyway, so the point of my rant mm-hmm. is that I've noticed that in so the same woman or. Pff, Sorry, that's sexist. The same person, because I don't know the name of them, who wrote the screenplay for Devil Wears Prada wrote this screenplay. Right, okay. Um, and I I know I rewatched Emily in Paris and that's just so lame of me, but I did. And I watched that and then I watched Devil Wears Prada and then I watched Cruella. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I just really want to be anesthetized by like Basic. entertainment at the moment. Um yeah. But there's this trope in all these movies that's really unsettling, actually, and that is that older women are like these outdated, bitter mm-hmm. things who are trying to prevent younger women from coming I'm through succeeding. and shining yeah. and they're manipulating them and they're they're being total bitches. And I'm like, this is so interesting because all of these movies are semi-packaged as like girl boss but also like a little feminist sprinkle. Mm-hmm. And it's like feminism... <laughs> It seems like it, they make it okay to own, openly hate, like, older women. Yeah, I don't like that, mm. you know, especially as a woman who's getting older. Yeah, <laughs> I know. What's up with that? Yeah, right? we're not bad. No. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, we, we just get better. I yeah, think. and in all the movies, it's like sending this message that young, pretty women are allowed to be ruthless and ambitious, whereas when it comes to, like, older women, if you want to keep your, your success, mm. and, I mean, obviously— all these women go a little further than is acceptable. But, like, 
it's just a weird message. And I think like, I, I wish they hadn't done it that way. I wish it was more like, I mean, I'm not saying I wish it was a man against a young woman, but I'm just, yeah. I don't like this kind of girl boss energy. And it's like, oh, you old, tired woman. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, so it's quite a misogynistic sentiment, I believe. Interesting. Yeah. And the end. Can't wait to watch. Ooh. Maybe hate. We'll see. But Emma Stone is she's she's fucking great, isn't, isn't she? She's great. God, she's good. I love Emma Stone. Vampy little character. I actually Emma Stone is one of those girls that I hate watching movies with her in it with my boyfriend. Oh. Because she's not like overtly sexy, but she's like so cool and yeah. funny and dorky. And you're like, ugh. And she's if she my boyfriend is sexy. likes me. <laughs> But she's not like a Scarlett Johansson. No, but sexy. I mean, like, but the reason that she's, she's sexy also is se- because she's exactly. like, well, she's beautiful, but she's also like funny, intelligent, and just like real. And she makes fun of herself all the time. Yeah. Which is so appealing. And it's like, if my boyfriend likes me, then he definitely is sitting here liking he her. He likes her. He's yeah. thinking, God, she's adorable. Look at those huge eyes. <laughs> Look at her derpy energy. She's a derp with dirt rising. Yeah. Anyway, I'll just have to get over that. <laughs> This week we have a lifestyle. For once. We've got a lifestyle topic. Um, So I think you should go first, actually, and I'll tag on to the end. Okay, great. So I am talking about girl time. Girl time, baby. And if you're a boy, you can still listen to this because I think it's interesting. Like, basically, my current boyfriend said to me once, You're definitely the girliest girl I've ever been with mm-hmm. as a girlfriend. And I was like, oh, because I was always going off for girls' dinners and girls' trips and ca- catching up with the girls only. And at first I felt a, a little bit ashamed and embarrassed. I was like, oh, I'm such a, you know, like girly girl, which is so it, it internalized misogyny as well. Yeah, It's like, what's wrong with being super girly? Yeah. But also um, I realized today that like there's a very special quality to girl time. Mm-hmm. And that is like women, when they get together and they sort of drink or they have a coffee or they spend time together, it's like we're really processing all of the information and all the inputs and 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 dramas of our lives. Like we're verbally processing it all where I feel like guys catch up on activity-based things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Guys aren't catching up and being like, oh, I'm having trouble with my girlfriend because I feel like we have communication issues. Well, guys they, are maybe playing some, golf and stuff. Yeah, I think some guys do. I think we shouldn't, like, fully totally. draw that, like, Sorry. line. And also gay men, obviously, don't count in that bracket. <laughs> yeah. But I just, I just think that it's... Um, I think that there's, like, a special... I think when it comes to girl time, what for me, why it's so important, and I, I'm the same, like I do that a lot. Like mm. you you and I are very similar in that way. Like we like to have our girls' dinners. We have girl little girl vacations. It's For me, it's about the fact that I, it's just like um, hanging out with people who fully understand my experience. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like it's a, such a safe space. Yeah. And like the female experience is unique. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. And I don't know what it's like to be a guy. Yeah. Um and so it's kind of like I've stopped being ashamed of it. I'm like, no, I need it actually to feel regenerated and energized and understood. Totally. And, and I love like we were having dinner with a friend on Friday night and we were talking about 
you know, attachment styles in relationships. And we were talking about the five languages of love and we were giving her a pep talk about her relationship. And it was just such a supportive, lovely atmosphere. Whereas if a guy was there, maybe I'd be a bit, if I was her, I'd be a bit embarrassed to reveal my relationship problems in front of someone else's boyfriend. Exactly. Um, So, yeah, I just, like, wanted to give a rallying cry to girl time. It's lovely and don't be ashamed of it. Girls are awesome. I mean, that's... Girls are awesome. It's like, I love hanging out with girls. Me too. I mean, guys are okay too. I always wondered (laughs) if it was because I went to a girl's school. Did you go to a girl's school? No, no. Oh, right, because I went to a girl's school. I'm only very moderately comfortable around men. But I... (laughs) That's interesting. But I, I definitely have always had a very tight group of girlfriends. Yeah, me too. So I think that's maybe what where it comes from too. But yeah. That's why. I mean, I like hanging out with dudes. And sometimes course, I'm like, yeah. in a situation, I'm like, okay, we need some dude energy. In yeah, yeah, you know totally. what I mean? Like, for <laughs> this sure. This is getting too much. Or we just need some non, yeah, whatever. And what about you, Brit? Because I have a feeling there's a good little segue here. Well, I would like to piggyback on that. Piggy away. Because, of course, I'm also thinking about our trip that's coming up that Mm -hmm. is four girls going two hours outside of Berlin (laughs) for a little festive fun. By festive, I just mean, (laughs) I don't know, summer? It'll be summer-ish. I mean, I don't know what we're going to do, but basically, like, everyone's like, oh, where are you going? And I'm like, I have no idea. My friend Brittany booked the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) We booked it. Yeah, so this is where my point comes in. Oh, great. I would like to just take, you know, I'd like to sort of take a stand and defend, you know, your well-organized friends, you know, because I think that some people think that organized people are— A drag. A drag. Or they're not spontaneous enough. They're not spontaneous enough. Yeah. Well, I mean— Well, I'm here to tell you, I'm going on holiday with, well, me plus three other people who are highly organized individuals, and I couldn't be more excited about it because you know why? Uh, we have a killer Airbnb that we organized weeks ago, and now everything else is booked up. Hello. Suck eggs, everyone else. We have a full grocery list of, like, everybody knows exactly what they're supposed to bring. We have a list of all the things we need. We've checked off. We've, like, assigned people different tasks of what they need to do. And, you know, we have a car to get us there. We have everything ready to go. So guess what? We just get to focus on fun, Having baby. fun. Right? F-U-N, fun. So we need to make a list for that, too. I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> so what I'm saying is I'm just I'm just putting the word out there that, like, being prepared— being spontaneous is good, but being prepared is better. And also, I'm going to say it, like, during post-COVID-ish— Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe we'll have a third wave, but we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. But, like, summertime post-COVID— I think, guys, you're going to have to get pretty organized. Yes. Because things are going to book up so fast. Like my friend um, actually was telling us yesterday, this is such a cool story, actually. I feel like basically there's going to be a lot of travel gambling. Yes. So she was telling us that she saw flights to Marrakesh for 10 bucks each. Oh, my God. So she booked 20 bucks worth of flights there and back. Yeah. Um, and she was like, oh, their borders are closed, but, you know, whatever. If yeah. the, it's 10 bucks. That's um, what you got to do. And so then her bo- flights were booked for the 15th, and then the borders were closed, and then they uh, Morocco announced that they were opening their borders on the 17th, and then the airline cancelled the flights and rebooked them after the 17th. So she still paid 10 euros. Wow. And got to, the thing was resolved. So just, ju- I mean, like, just jump online and 
book some flights, book even if you can't go. Exactly. I know that's a very privileged position to be in, but... It's it's worth considering if you want to have it's a It's just a little hot tip, okay? Yeah, hot tip. A little hot tip. Thanks or for at that least one, a warm tip. Yeah. <laughs> We're all about the warm tips today. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We don't even get too carried away. Guess where we're going now? Shmomo House. Shmomo House. Which is Brit's rooftop. We're going to the rooftop. It's hot, sunny. It's hot. We're going to be sweating up there, but it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. We're going to pour another We've done the video. Sprints. We've done the podcast. Yeah. All I have to do is get myself home and toddle into bed. Exactly. Maybe eat a snack. Maybe have a snack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope it was peppy and fun and... All the things. Yeah, we really appreciate you. Absolutely, we do. But one thing. There's one thing that you have to remember, and that is... Don't don't be a dick! dick. (laughs) Just our skulls lacking together. (laughs) Our heads just...